name is David Vardabini, and thanks so much for tuning in to Get Real Sobriety. Hope you enjoy this show. Hello, and welcome back. Miss um, Tasha Martin's here. Hello. And um, I think our last podcast, we did steps one through three. And um, so you remember early on, I, I mentioned that I break the steps down into three components. Uh, basically, you know, steps one through three, four through nine, and 10 through 12. So we're in the middle part of the steps, um, four through nine, and this is where we kind of get down to, you know, the physical action of it. Because in steps one through three, just to kind of recap, we admitted, we did the surrender, we talked about the brain chemistry, we talked about what sanity and insanity is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, doing things and, uh, you know, and expecting different results or, you know, uh, doing something and um, having adverse consequences. And then sanity is basically the change in perception of how we look at things. That's the spiritual awakening. And then step three, we talked about making a decision. Yeah, the decision to turn our will in our life over to the care of whatever that higher power right. is. And we're kind of describing it as, you know, in the theory in my book is that there's a power in the steps there's a power in going through it there's a power in the group the synergy Mm -hmm. that we combined are more powerful than our individual efforts and you know that there is some divine force out there that's compassionate loving forgiving hopeful all of that you know but not necessarily that it has to be you know, Thor or Zeus or Shiva, Brahma, Krishna, Jesus Christ, Buddha, all of them, right? Any of those proper nouns, yeah. But look, if that, you know, I always, you know, uh, preface it by saying if by going through the steps, you come to a personal relationship with someone right on. I think that's, you know, what the point is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know that... uh, In a meeting I went to recently, maybe I said this last time, but if so, then it fits into our recap, um, that, you know, for somebody who's struggling with, you know, the turning your will and your life over to the care of of your higher power or just a higher power in general, that um, if you're you're listening to this and you're sober right now, um, that in itself is evidence of a higher power, of some higher power working in in your life. Yeah, and I think, too, is that, you know... I always reference going back to when they wrote the big book. So we're talking Mm -hmm. in 1939, so that's, you know, 22 years ago. And, um, the you know, the predominant religion in the United States then was Christianity. And so God was like, okay, maybe more people can relate to that. That's what they came. But what blew the doors open was, you know... um, uh, power, you know, a power greater than yourself or a power of your own understanding. That yeah, and that you thing. can choose your own God, whatever that is. Right. And so t- tonight we're going to go through um, probably step four and five. I don't think we'll get into six and seven. We'll do them separately. We'll do a podcast on four and five, six and seven, and then eight and nine because those kind of... Yeah, they go together. They go together. Like you peanut know. butter and jelly. Yeah. <laughs> peanut butter, the Trinity, you know, <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Shiva, Brahma, Krishna, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, 
and then peanut butter jelly. Exactly. Right. right? Graham crackers, chocolate, marshmallows. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's everything's a trinity. We're on to something here. <laughs> we really are. It's a trinity. <laughs> um, so, you know, everyone, I don't know, I don't want to say everyone, that, that encompasses everything, but a lot of times people are like freaked out about the four step. And just from our experience or my experience is that. You know, when my initial inventory, you know, what they call it when I first took my four-step, you know, my, I was still locked up. I was in prison, and my sponsor met with me on the visiting yard, and we kind of did a formal third step where, you know, we dedicated or prayed or whatever, did the third step prayer. And then he sent me back to my, back to the yard or back to where I was staying, um, with an outline of how to do the four step. And so it wasn't that I was afraid of it, but I didn't like skip back to my cell and start writing immediately. <laughs> he said he'd be back in two weeks and that he wanted me to have it finished by then. So what did I do? Wait until the night before. I waited till that Friday night before and yeah. I stayed up all night writing. Absolutely. Know? And again, um, so you know, people are like, oh, my God, I just don't want to do my four step. It's just, you know, or you know, or you hear people share in meetings like, well, I'm struggling with the four step, you know. Yeah. And so my answer to that is I don't believe you're struggling with the four step. I believe you're struggling with the third step because you mm. remember we said we'll make a decision to turn our will in our life over to the care. And we're talking about the program because going through the program yeah. is kind of the process that we're asking for. It's not turning my will and my life over to the care of, you know, Santa Claus or Flavio or, you know, <laughs> yes, or whoever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like I'm making a decision to go on with the program. So if you're struggling with the fourth step, I would say go back to the third step and really think about that commitment and that decision that you've made. When you first did yours, what was that experience like? Um... I mean, I think, well, I definitely procrastinated. I think, I mean, are you even a real alcoholic if you didn't procrastinate <laughs> right, and right. do it all at the last second? Um, but no, I uh, I definitely had trepidation about it. I think a lot in part because other people made me feel weird about it. And right. They scared me about it. And um, So I think even before, like in that procrastination time, before I had even done any actual writing, I was just like, everyone was like, oh, well, you know, you're going to feel all these feelings. Right, and right, ooh. Right. Um, But no, my experience with it was, yeah, it doesn't feel super great to have to like think back about these situations that cause emotions to happen. Um, but that as unpleasant as it is to like write all this bullshit out and, the fifth step makes up for that. Yeah. And then ha have you done more than one fourth step? Um, yeah. Right. I, I mean, as we've discussed many times, I'm, I'm uh, a retread many right. times over. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I usually got through a fourth step at some point because, you know, all, a sponsor, pretty much every sponsor I've ever had is like, we have to get through the fourth step. Right. Um, and hey, I went to graduate school. I'm I'm a good student. I can do homework. You yeah, know, I yeah. I'm fine with that. And I and I have like painful self awareness. So, um, yeah, I uh, I've done the fourth and the fifth step a bunch of times. I've done it with my sponsee. 
it's way better being the sponsor than yeah, <laughs> the exactly. See for sure. Well, you know when I I at first initially did it, and I'm glad there was kind of like you know guidelines or outlines mm-hmm. for how to do it because I you know I had done journaling in my life, not much, but maybe some like drug-induced like oh, mani- yeah. manifestos or something like that or yeah. what I thought was happening in the world and I'd write all this shit and then I'd think oh my god that's so brilliant and then I'd read it when I came down I was like oh my god it's just like crazy nonsense yeah nonsense craziness right so you know getting down to the to the fourth step it's they talk about you know made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So, you know, let's kind of just break that down. A searching, so we go back through our lives and we search through what's happening. A fearless, you know, knowing that we're not doing this alone and now we have a group of people, our sponsor, people that are supporting us, a network that's Mm -hmm. in this. Everyone's like has the same goal as to, you know, not going back to using drugs and alcohol. Absolutely. And I think, too, there's like that fearlessness and just like being honest. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, this is the first time I'm not going to bullshit myself or Mm -hmm. anyone else. And exactly. And again, so searching and fearless, moral, and if you look up the definition of moral, it just means truth, you know, we're telling the truth. Um, Searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So then break down the word inventory, and, and you know, if you own a business, and they talk about this in the big book, and I talk about it in my my book, The 12 Steps Without God, (laughs) by David Vardabedian. Now available on Amazon. Yeah, now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the worldwide distributing. I don't know. My I was talking to my publisher, Sidebar, um, <laughs> talking to my publisher yeah. the other day because um, I'm reading another manuscript of some smuggler, which okay. it's great, but that story's been told so many times. But it's the difference in this one, and again, this is total side. My ADD is coming out, is that this manuscript is has a narrative of the smuggler's deal, but then his wife... And what her kind of, you know, like her take on it, her anxiety about it, living with the life of a fucking smuggler and how, you know, and they had kids and they were trying to live a normal life, which is almost impossible. So, um, but he was telling me that, you know, um, I don't know, we were talking about my royalties or something like that. And, and, uh, he has this international distribution where, you know, I'm on eBooks Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all these different things. I'm like, wow, that's great. And so going back to it, you know, um, we, um, in the fourth step that they, they break it down into three categories, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so they start with resentments, you know, and, the resentments that we have, you know, and what's the definition of a resentment? Something I'm sore about, something I'm angry about, something that happened to me in my past that, you know, uh, I want to, like, be rid of, right? And they said we have to be rid of these resentments or they'll kill us, you know? And so they're, uh, they break it down basically in four columns, Right. Yes, the four-column system. The first column being 
okay, who am I resentful of? And they say, you know, people, institutions, or principles, right? Mm -hmm. So a person, obviously, is someone else. Um, an institution could be the institution of marriage. The it could police. be the institution of what's another institution of government. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so whatever you're angry at or resentful at, um, and think about the word resentment, you know, everything that starts with RE is like, you know, recording, we're redoing something, mm -hmm. we're refeeling, you know, and if you break it down into the like, you know, the origins of the word, it's like we're refeeling something. Yes. And to me, it's like those fish stories or if like, you know, like how big was that fish that you caught? Oh, it was this big, you know, it was like five inches next time you tell a story it was 10 inches you know next time you yeah. tell a story it was some marlin that was like and so the same thing with resentments you know the longer we harbor them you know hold them in is that the more that they cause problems you know and so think oh, about definitely. it is when you're angry at someone it 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 affects us physically you know yeah yeah just, I feel that more now than ever, I think, because yeah. I'm so aware of it. And, and you get more uncomfortable with it. Yeah. So, you know, the first column, they say, you know, list people, places, and things, or, you know, people, institutions, and principles um, that you're angry with. And so you go down that first column. They say do nothing in column two until you're done with column one. Yeah, work down, not across. Right. And so, you know, what I suggest to people is, like, start with immediate family you know mm -hmm. I think the first one was my mom my dad my sisters yeah. you know and then go to secondary family aunts uncles cousins whatever yeah exactly and then the third could be friends you know workplaces bosses you know and then yeah. you know I think I was angry at the institution of you know corrections or something uh, understandably for, you know, I think putting yeah. me in prison you know me not being, you know, <laughs> like even putting into context that I broke the law. That's, yeah, what, that's, why, that's why I'm locked up. But so you just you just go down and start listing people, you know, and yeah. and places and institutions. And the thing is, and I've heard some sponsors say or sponsors say, you know, like someone shows up with 15 resentments and they go, go back and give me 145. Well, I'm not from the school of like making shit up. I mean, yeah, you know. I I have a friend who just recently went through something like that where, yeah, it wasn't their resentment inventory. It was their, which we'll get to, it was their sex inventory. But mm -hmm. that, yeah, there was, she only had like 10. Right. And their sponsor said, no, you need at least 20. It's right. Like, I've even had guys that have said, you know, recently some guys like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm not, I don't really have any resentments about anyone. I've kind of processed all that. And I said, well, go back and really think about it. And well, me, and he's just like, I can't, the most, the person I'm most resentful at is myself. Yeah. And remember that that can go on that list is that. A hundred percent. I'm resentful at myself for all the shit that I did. You know, everything that, you know, I caused in my life. So that's column one. Yes. Just, you know, why, who am I resentful at? Column two is what's the reason? Yeah, why? You know, I mean, I don't know. What's an example? Give me an example of one of yours. One of mine, one of my like lesser ones. Yeah. We'll say, you know, some, uh, somebody I live with, some random person I live with in sober living who drank all my creamer. Right. 
so you were resentful at them for drinking all your creamer. My first one that's in the book was my mom because she mm -hmm. held me back in the third grade. And we had moved to a different school district. It was the weirdest thing. Like this, we were in L.A. school district, and they did half of the third grade or something. And so we, from January to June, they did one half. You'd take a summer break and come back and do the other half. Met, you know, I don't even know if they yeah. did that. This is how I remember it. Yeah. You know, I'm old, and that was the third grade, so it's a long time <laughs> yes. ago. But, you know, so now I join this new school with all new people, have this weird last name, Vardabedian, you know, and... Um, I'm the oldest guy in the class. I'm getting, you know, teased on, you know, I'm getting in fights all the time and, and, you know, disruption. And so that was the reason it was my mom was the first part. And then why was holding me back in the, in the third grade. And then the third column is they said, how would, did this affect you? And they give you uh, the seven, I'm just turning to that part in the book. The seven um, parts of self. Um, they break it down into self-esteem, how I think of myself. Pride is how I think others view me. Pocketbook, the basic desires for money, property, possessions, etc. Um, the next one is personal relationships, our relationships with other people. Ambitions, our goals, plans, and designs for the future emotional security, general sense of well-being, and our sex relationships, basic desire for sexual intimacy. So if I broke it down into, you know, my mom holding me back in the third grade, you know, and again, all of these won't apply to every, you know, uh, no. resentment. And yeah. so let's take the first one, self-esteem, how I think of myself. Well, that one applied because Check. now I think I'm stupid. I think I'm a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, like I'm not smart, all of that. So my self-esteem was affected. Pride, how I think others view me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now clearly. everyone thinks I'm an idiot. You and know? they're telling you so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're nananing <laughs> me. Nan, oh, you're an idiot. That's right? horrible. Yeah, I know, right? Pocketbook, the basic desire for money, property, and no, I'm in the third grade. Yeah, I don't know. You know that doesn't really. Um, personal relationship or relations with other people. Well, my mom and other people. And your peers. Yeah, my peers. But, you know, my mom's relationship was really strained after that. For sure. Ambitions, goals, plans, designs. I remember this was the first time I ever got the fuckets. Yeah. Like, you think I'm stupid? Fuck it. I ain't can even study. You know, I was an avid reader as a kid and I stopped reading. Yeah. You know, and so. It goes back to these things that can really affect you, you know? Um, oh, yeah. What's the next one? Uh, emotional security, yeah. I was, yeah, you know. you certainly did not have a general sense of well-being. Exactly. <laughs> and then sex relationship, I'm in the third I mean, grade. third grade, <laughs> you know? know? Right. I mean, you and you maybe were like an older man. Maybe that worked out, you right, know, in right. the long run. Who knows? It was, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I mean, so again, that's kind of the example I'm giving is that it everyone doesn't always plug in, you know, because every you know people are like, well, do I have to you know find a reason for yeah, every one of these? Yeah, does it have to these? check every box? You know? yeah. I mean, you know, in the case of my my creamer thief, right? Um, certainly, 
all of these things do not apply to that situation. And that's like minor. That's like, you know. Yeah, that's a minor. That's a real minor one. But, I mean, if any of you have lived in sober living, you know that coffee creamer is like, that's where it's at. It is. Um, But... So what? Plug in the ones that would go. Let's see. In. I, how I think of myself. Um. I mean, if I really dig, maybe it's like, do people think that they can just walk all over me and take right. my stuff? Okay. Like, that's you a know. Good one. Um. Uh. Well, I guess that's more pride than self-esteem. Mm-hmm. How I think others view me. Right. Pocketbook. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not made out of money here. And that shit costs money. Yeah, shit costs money, <laughs> and I like that good coffee mate creamer. Right, you know. Right. Right. Um. Personal relationships, yeah, with my roommates, because yeah. then I'm suspicious of other people. Yeah. I feel like I can't trust them. Everyone's suspect, right? Um, and my, I mean, I guess kind of my emotional security. I mean, if I really were to let it affect me, if it were a continuous thing, yeah. which it often is, um, because, yeah, you just feel like, no, you don't fuck with me, you know? Right. Why are you doing that? Go take someone else's creamer. It's my shit. Yeah, it's to get your hands off my shit. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So, you know, and, and again, you can write down, like, you know, let's take one, like, you know, personal relationships. You could, when you're writing this, you know, and again, I'm just using the example of my mom. So it was my mom holding me back in the third grade, the seven parts of self that plugged in, you know, let's say pride, I could put pride and then elaborate in my fourth and my fifth step, mm-hmm. or I could, you know, I can write, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you know? and people's I mean, sponsors have different, I don't want to say requirements, expectations. Right. Like for me, thank God, I think, I think my sponsors have always just known me well enough that I'm wordy. Like yeah. I could, I mean, I could easily take an entire page to write out like what happened and then exactly what part of self and break it all down. And then the, my, even in my part, you know, the next column, like, Oh man. Um, but thankfully, and that's okay. Either Either way you want to do it. Like, so I have this form that I give people and it's from that Joe and Charlie, the big book come to life. And actually I got to see those guys. I'm so old and sobriety. I got to see (laughs) those guys. So, I think it was in 1992, my then wife and I, before we were married, she was in the program and and then we went on this little sabbatical down to San Diego and Joe and Charlie were giving a a three uh, three day workshop on the big book comes alive. It was kind of cool. And so there I, um, that's, and I still use that. And they have the tapes now, you can get them, the big book comes alive. The guys are so knowledgeable about the history of the big book. Um, and so they have a form that kind of, you know, they have prompt sheets. What are the resentments that you might be missing? What's an institution? What's a principle? You know, it could be, you know, like I said, the principle of marriage, the institution of, you know, government or whatever it is. And so that really helped me. And so I give that to, you know, the people I'm sponsoring. But it's funny because there's checks, you know, like with the seven parts of self, it will be, you know, self-esteem, pride, all of that. And they'll check, check, check. And um, so you can just check them and then reference that when you do your fifth step. Or like you said, you can, you can write, write it all, all out. out. You know, I think writing is therapeutic, To you know, and I always suggest that people, you know, pen to paper with this. Some people want to type it on a computer. That's fine. Yeah. I mean. Whatever you want to do, just as long as you do it. But, you know, 
you know, what are the five senses, you know, like seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting. tasting yeah. Do um, we say touching? Touching. Feeling? Yeah. Do you say right. feeling? I don't know. So seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, and what I think, okay, I said five, maybe there's four. But the point being is that when you're writing, you're, you know, you're kind of feeling it. You're seeing it, you're hearing it in your head, and so it's more of a therapeutic process to me. For sure, absolutely. Then uh, typing it on a computer. Yeah, know? I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I, 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 initially when you said yeah, you could type it, I was like shaking my head. I'm like no, but that that's so draconian of me, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is like 2021. It, People yeah. type things. Right. It doesn't. Don't you don't have to bring out your quill. I know, and right? Dip it into yeah, my like ink, ink pot. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that would be cool too. And if you could write in extra you know, points, like if you do that, calligraphy or old yes. English or something, that would be really cool. Like if someone showed up with that, I'd be like, dude, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good. Do I talk? Um, it's so easy to get distracted in the, I find like with my sponsee, I felt like, um, and I, I'm, I was, I'm grateful in a way that he had this experience too, because, um, I, it was my experience that, you know, and I understood once I started the writing, like why they say work down the columns, not across the rows, because it's so easy to get lost in the story. Right. Um, and why I personally find it easier not to write everything out in detail because then I get stuck on that. And then I, it's hard not to like kind of end up feeling shitty because you're, you're writing about things that aren't really positive experiences in your life. And so when you, I would rather just be able to go over it when I do my fifth step and have that other, you know, have my sponsor as that person to kind of like bounce off of, you know, like reflect off of and, not get so bogged down. Yeah, and I think, and that's why the four columns are there, you know, and so, you know, we've got one, who the resentment is, you know, second column is why, third column is the seven parts of self, Mm -hmm. and then I think the most important part is what was my part in this? You know, was I dishonest, was I selfish, was I self-seeking, was I inconsiderate, or was I afraid? Yes. Again, you know, was I... Um, selfish, inconsiderate, self-seeking, uh, afraid. Um, I just said it. There was I. Dishonest, selfish. Oh, dishonest. Yeah, dishonest, selfish, self-seeking, inconsiderate, afraid. So, was I dishonest? We know what that means. You yes. know, I wasn't honest. Was I selfish? Did I have something, you know, because people ask me all the time, what's the difference between selfish and self-seeking? Mm-hmm. Well, selfish is I have it and I'm not giving it away. Yes. Self-seeking is you have it and I'll and manipulate I, or do it. everything that I can do to to get it from you. Um, dishonest, selfish, self-seeking, inconsiderate. Did I not consider your feelings? Was yes. I inconsiderate of that? And the big one is afraid, you know. Yeah. Was I fearful about that? So again, let's take the example of my mom. You know, it was my mother held me back in the third grade, all the different parts of self that were affected. But what was my part in that? You know, and so initially I was like, well, I was frightened. You know, mm-hmm. this changed the whole dynamic of my life. And so there was a lot of fear around that. And then I think even in the big book, in the in the in, in the way that they outline it there. 
they they say fear is bracketed in a lot of that because yes. our you know mostly our life is you know centered in fear centered in fear you know there's all in you know, a spiritual like gurus that say you know we come from one or two places one out of love and one out of fear mm-hmm. you know and so um so in mine mine was fearful but then as i as longer i stayed sober and got awake and was clean and I was working a program, I kind of thought back on that and I did a little more writing on it because I was inconsiderate of what my mom was going through. My mom had mm-hmm. five kids, everyone's going crazy, acting out, and then this, it wasn't really her decision. She just didn't like come up with it. The <laughs> school board probably yeah. said, look, he didn't do amazing. He's not going into you know like the, the honors classes he would probably benefit from just taking the whole third grade over again. Yeah. And so she was taking the advice of the school superintendent, yeah. whoever the fuck it was, right? And Absolutely. That, and so I didn't really consider that. So I added that to, to her, you know? And so, I mean, that's basically it in the, in the resentment part of yeah. the uh, four-step. Now, there's other parts, you know, that I've dealt with people that where, you know, they talk about, and this could be a whole other podcast, is that any person that walks into 12-step meetings, whether it be NACA, Al-Anon, you know, OA, whatever it is, um, 75 or 80% or something of all women have had some kind of sexual trauma as as children or teens. Young adults, yeah. Young adults. And... 50% 50% of males mm-hmm. and it's not a big like oh yeah I didn't want to share about how I was molested by the priest or molested yeah. by my stepdad or whatever so I've dealt with people and this is a big one and you know my mom holding me back in third grade was you know big but women that have been raped or men who have been molested or raped and you know who yes. was it it was you know it could say you know I don't know example like um, you know, when I was at Klein Bottle, this one teenager, she was being molested and raped by her uncle from mm-hmm. the age of five till the age of 13 till she came out and said, fuck this, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So that was, it was, uh, she was resentful at her uncle for the rape. All the seven parts basically were in Affected, place. Affected, yeah. But she was like, well, what? what's my fucking part of it? I was a yeah. little kid. I didn't do anything. And it was, it was, you know, the only thing you can really plug in is fear. You know, yes. I mean, if you want to go down the psychological you know, rabbit hole and saying, well, he was molested as a kid and most yeah, people that, and, but in a perpetual, you know. And it, too much of that, I feel like, if, to me, because I have done that and right. gone down that rabbit hole, um, it doesn't make, I mean... The way it was explained to me was, you know, the the fourth and fifth steps in particular and the steps in general are meant to help give us relief. Right. Going and try and being like, oh, well, you know, maybe this happened to them or they were victims themselves. Like, yes, that's logical, but that doesn't give us relief. Yeah. We've already probably thought those things um, in trying or at least I know I did. Yeah. Um, and I think that what made the most sense to me because i always struggled with that in previous iterations of my fourth fourth and fifth steps was that yeah i felt like i i don't what what what's i'm not taking 
yeah, a part what's in my this. part in this? Like yeah. I, you know, like I was a little kid. I was yeah, molested. I was. A, I yeah. was a stupid teenager, you know, and I made. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of things I could say that were my part, but then it just feels like what I'm saying is it was my fault. Right. And what helped me was a sponsor um, that I had a, a while ago now, who said that what my part is is holding on to that resentment yeah. is and like going circling back to what you were saying at the very beginning of the podcast saying you know what is a resentment it's that re-sentiment re-feeling yeah and so the fact that in i'll i mean just use my example of like my real life example is like i allow i have allowed that experience of somebody violating me to color my relationships with others going forward and right. to make me distrust people in general, um, men in particular, um, when I'm not giving those individuals a chance to show me, you know, any different. Yeah. Um, You're bringing that baggage into every relationship. Exactly. You know? And understandably, and I'm not trying to discount anything. No. The, but seeing the how that is, is toxic. Like, right. If this resentment keeps you in the spoon, you know, keeps you smoking meth, keeps you drinking, then it's no good. And forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to go to tell the person that you forgive them. And you, maybe you don't even have to forgive them. But as long as you see, look, how can this benefit? You know, this is the next thing is that, you know, I remember, you know, when uh, Maya was telling me about you know, when we, it, we, going through the divorce with her mom, you know, and, and she's like, God, that was the worst year of my life. And I'm like, yeah, I know for me too. And she's <laughs> like, well, I guess everything happens for a reason. And I go, I don't know if everything happens for a reason, but it's what, what direction do we want to take that experience? Yeah. And so I go, look, you can take that experience, that horrific experience, how it affected you, how you felt. And then Maybe another kid in your peer group or some one of your friends is going through that that you've already gone through and you can help them. It's the whole whole like reason for the program. It's like love and service. It's like I can take my experiential stuff, my, all my experiences from going to prison, from being a heroin addict to doing all this and helping other people process that. And so, you know, with rape victims and and you know sexual trauma and all this stuff is that how can i redirect that you know when people say like cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me i mean what the yeah. fuck are you yeah, talking yeah, about like, well it me. changed their lifestyle it changed the way they ate it changes the way you know got them into extra whatever it no, is no yeah absolutely and right. i mean i can certainly say and i've said it to i've said it to my parents at my you know my and, but I do think that even though I, you know, if I could go back and change things, I, you know, probably would. But right. being an addict is probably the best thing that ever happened to me in the course of how things played out. Right. When they say I'm a grateful addict or I'm a grateful alcoholic, yeah. you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, yeah. I'm grateful that I found a, a, a design for living that'll help me go through this thing we call life. Yeah, because I was crazy before. Yeah. I was crazy before the drugs and the booze. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is once you get sober and you're no longer using drugs and alcohol, now it's about trying to navigate through life and they're giving us guidelines. You know, yeah. this is, you know, like Samantha says, who's been on some podcasts, this is kind of spiritual kindergarten, you know, like the 12 steps are the foundation of us building the spiritual life. 
And so I think that's why I say column four, what was my part in it? You know, that even if, you, oh, I'm resentful that, you know, my girlfriend cheated on me and this is how it affected me. Well, put all that shit aside. Yeah. Now look at them as sick people. You know how they say that. Yes. Would you treat someone that had a terminal illness with the same, you know, meanness or, yeah. you know, like resentful or, um, you know, everything that it is? Or would you look at them as possibly a sick person and then have some sort of forgiveness, some more of compassion. Yeah, right? yeah, no, so, exactly. so, you know, that's the resentment part of this. And, and it's really outlined in my book. I mean, it's outlined in, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, all these different deals. Anonymouses. Anonymouses. But in my book, you know, Shameless Promotion, is that <laughs> I've really detailed this. And I think, you know, I can play music, I can, you know, uh, do everything else that I do, record and, you know, help people. But I, one thing I do know more than anything is I can help people through the 12 steps. So yeah. the resentment. So we kind of got that. So yes. the, and the three parts of the inventory, the next Another part trilogy, is fear. Another trilogy, might I right? add. Is fear. And yeah. so that's a big one, you know. It's like when he first, when my sponsor first said, you know, List all your fears, kind of the same thing. I do it in, you know, you can do it in four columns, you can do it in three columns, you know. What is the fear? Yes. Right? Okay, so let's say I have a fear of intimacy mm -hmm. because of my past, you know. Yeah. Or I have a fear of staying sober. I have a fear of getting loaded. I have a fear of failure. I have yeah, a fear, fear of, of being success. alone. Right. Fear, yeah, exactly. So you list those again mm -hmm. vertically in the first column. The second one is why do I have this fear? So let's say I, you know, I have a fear of staying sober. Why? Because I've fucked up I and I, I relapsed. Been able to. Yeah. yeah, and I've relapsed a million times. Um, and you know, whatever. So I, I have fear of, I have social anxiety. Yeah. Let's use that. I'm dealing with one of my sponsors right now. He's like, so has so much anxiety about inter interacting with with other people he has this fear that's social anxiety why does he have it he's just because he's just never been comfortable around people so yeah. that you know one two columns the third column so this is where i kind of deviate off the big book because they say in the big book we have this fear because self-reliance has got us so far but self-reliance has failed us. Yes. So again, break that down. Self-reliance, what we can do, how yes. we can align ourselves, just going through it. That's failed us. When it's, it, you know, and again, I'm going to have to mention the word God. It says, ask God to remove this fear at once and then go on to see how you can be helpful to another person. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not blasphemy, you know, I'm, it's not blasphemy against the big book. I just think it's like, well, what the fuck? Wait a minute. You know, so I added the third column. And again, you can say what part of self was affected in these yeah. fears or not. But I think what's more important is the column, which is kind of the contrary action. So if I have a fear of, you know, if I have the social anxiety, why do I have it? Because I've never felt comfortable out pe around people. 
I don't feel good about, ex- I don't know, I, I'm not good at expressing my feelings. Yeah. We're not talking about me. Because right? <laughs> right. I can yeah. talk like, you know, Castro for the next 10 hours, right? Yeah. So, the, the, so my third column, third or fourth, whether you want to add what part of self, the seven parts of self were affected, what can you do to overcome these fears, mm-hmm. right? So let's take the, you know, social anxiety. Yeah. You become a greeter at a, at a meeting, yes. you know, and they take PTSD, um, you know, patients and they put them in the situation why they have PTSD. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that and then you're like, well, it's not that fucking bad after all, you know. So you're there greeting at a meeting. And now that we're coming out of COVID, we're going to be able That's to do that. That's the thing, yeah. You know, or you get commitments at meetings. You know, and yeah. I'm just saying in the context of 12-step programs, yeah, and you can do this absolutely. outside of that. You know, so here's another example of this guy that had social anxiety, this fear. Well, he was changing sponsors, right, mm-hmm. to me. He, he, want, he asked me to sponsor him, and his other sponsor was this other guy, kind of a hard-ass NA guy. And, uh, you know, so we sat down and scripted what he should say to him, you know, You've been, you've helped me so much. You gave him all these accolades. You know, he, you know, he, you know, all this positive affirmations. Yes. And again, when you do that, don't use the word but. And so you say, "Wow, Tasha, you're an amazing person. You've helped me so much with the steps. Oh, I am like, <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've made so much progress. So if I said but, I just negated yeah, everything. Yeah, just negated all the things. So I use the word and. I want to take this a little further and I'm going to work with someone else, you know, and thank you so much for everything you've done. So I scripted it out with this guy. He could not bring himself to meeting with this guy. So I said, what's the next best thing? And so he sent him a text. And look, I said, you did your part. No, you're not responsible for how he feels, you know, and it goes back down to the, you know, Deepak Chopra, seven spiritual laws of success, where he says, it's not what you're doing. It's the way I feel about what you're doing. And the way I feel is not your fault, you know, so absolutely. Again, I'll say that it's not what you're doing. It's the way I feel about what you're doing. And the way I feel it's not your fault. And so that's taking responsibility. That's looking at that fourth column. So in the fear part is, you know, I have, you know, that fear of intimacy because it's like the baggage that we brought from our other relationships, you know. And then what can I do in a relationship to get over that fear of intimacy? Honesty is one of the big ones. Yes, open communication. Right. And I can say, look, in my past relationships, I've fucked up and I've had some sexual trauma and I've had all of this. I'm going to I'm going to be able to say I'm scared. Yeah. I want to be able to have this open communication with you. Yeah. Definitely. Just I mean, I think that uh, for most of us um as addicts and alcoholics like that um purposefully making ourselves vulnerable to another person is like that's terrifying and it's and it's unnatural right um because that's just that would go against how we managed to get loaded all these years um if there i mean i think pretty much all of us generally um you know there's a lot of secrecy and shame and i think that that carries over not just in 
to the drinking and the using, but into it bleeds into every area of our lives. Right. And that's what I that's what is so cool, I think, really about the the fourth and the fifth step um, as just um, exercises yes. is that it really is. It's like, you know, you were saying like um, like Samantha says, you know, about being spirituality kindergarten. Or yeah, spiritual, spiritual kindergarten. Yeah, because yeah. it, it really is. It's teaching us like how to have these open lines of communication about things. And building a foundation. And trusting somebody else. Exactly. And being vulnerable, like you said, it's <laughs> like, you know, what what's, you know, is it easier to take the comfort part or to deal with it, you know? And it's like, take you know, what's comfortable or what's really right, you know? Yeah. And, and what's really right sometimes can be hard. But by going through that, you're becoming, a, it's building your spiritual basis. It's doing all of that stuff. And again, it's not comfortable. Why, you know, why we drank? I don't want to fucking deal with life. Yeah. You know, I can't deal with it. I need something to give me comfort. And then when that stops working, we have to make a choice of, of getting sober. Yeah. So in the fears, just to like kind of recap, is like, what is the fear? Why do I have it? What are some of the steps that I can take? And I mean, this is writing them down. Yes. What are some of the steps that I can take, the contrary action mm, yes. to, to overcoming this fear? And so that's basically, so that's the second part. Now we go into the last part of the uh, inventory, and they call it the sexual inventory. And, and Which is ironically on page 69 in the big right. book. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love the people that are dyslexic and it's 96, 96 and, and like it's read that. I'm yeah. just going to reference that. It's um, if you're reading in a, in the big book. About right, it's a little Easter and, egg for you guys. Go, yeah. Go so look it's at a it. little, a uh, little bit of um, some comedy for you. Comedy really. AA comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so in the sexual inventory, and it's so weird, I, you know, because it's not really the act of sex. You no, know? it can be very confusing, I think, yeah. when people hear that. But it's more intimacy. What people yes. that I've been intimate with, you know? And I feel like for the way that I've looked at it um, is that, yeah, like it isn't about sex, like as much as it is about using our... I guess like like uh, those like intimate powers, so to speak, like those like interpersonal kind of um, thing, like communications or whatever. Because I think because it, it's so much more than if it were just about sex, that would be really straightforward. Right, it would be easy. And so I like to call it the relationship inventory yeah. or the intimacy inventory, but whatever they yeah. called it, the fucking sex inventory. So let's go from there. In the first column. Again, everything Names. vertically, not horizontally. It says, whom did I hurt? Yep. You know, everyone that I've been in contact everyone with. Everyone I've ever know, been in contact in with. Any yeah. kind of relationship. I've hurt them, you know. And again, this could be you on this. I hurt myself. Yes. And so it's, again, really easy. Column one, whom did I hurt? Start writing them down, you know. The first person I was in a relationship, blah, intimate relationship, going on, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. The second one, what did I do? You know, yeah. so what's a good example of this? You know, I was with this person. I told them I loved them because I wanted to get sex. I knew that they wanted to hear that. And so yeah. I was dishonest and I said that. So column one, it was uh, this person. I don't know. Let's call them Sue, there right? You know. Sue, I told her I loved her because I wanted to get sex. 
Then they say, where did I arise? Jealousy, suspicion, or doubt? Well, I did because she knew I wasn't being honest. And so I aroused this jealousy, suspicion, and doubt. And so I write down that or I check that box. Then it says, where was I um, dishonest, inconsiderate, you know, unfaithful, what, what were those other parts of that? Um, it's in the book, and, but it's basically that. You know, where was I dishonest, selfish, self-seeking? Um, and, and then the very, so, you know, where did I arouse jealousy, suspicion, or doubt? Mm-hmm. You know, where was I dishonest, inconsiderate? All of those things that you can check in, in, yeah. in all parts of that. And then, so that's basically one, two, three, or four columns. This could be a five-column yeah. deal, right? But you could blend those two things in, you know, the, the dishonesty, the inconsiderate, yeah. the jealousy, suspicion, doubt. Then again, on the very last column, they're talking about what could I have done instead? Like, mm-hmm. what was my part? What could I have done instead? What you know? should my contrary action have been? Exactly. Yeah. And so... You know, it's it, it, it's basically whom did I hurt? You know, yeah. what did I do? How did I arouse all these different emotions? And then the very last is what could I have done instead? So, you know, let's use my example. I could have said, look, I'm, you know, I'm really into you. I don't know if I'm in love with you. And probably not. Probably not, because I don't even know how to love myself at <laughs> yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I'm, you know, I'm physically attracted to you. I'd love to have a physical relationship with you and see where that goes. Yeah. Or not. Rather and she could say, well, no, fuck that. That's not what I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But this is what they say. And then they, the, the last part of journaling in this, in this, um, in this part of the inventory is that, we try to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future intimate sex lives. Yes. You know, who we're going to be intimate with. You know, so some people say, write out a list of your perfect partner. Yeah. What would you want them to do that? Do, what would you want them to be? You know, I want them to be, you know, honest. I want them to be compassionate. I want them to be good looking. I want them to be smart. I want them to be funny. Yeah. All this shit, whatever you do. Yeah. And then... The other part is like, how are you going to show up? Yes. How do you want to show up as a spiritual gangster, as a spiritual yes. warrior? Yeah. And and being completely honest. I'm telling you folks out there in podcast land, the fucking hardest thing that I've struggled with through my whole sobriety is in relationships. Oh, yeah. I and mean, I, it, it's You're not like, alone in that. I, That's like the thing. It's like putting, you know salsa on your character defects or something yeah yeah, exactly. you know and a lot of it comes back to insecurity a lot of it comes back to shame a lot of all this stuff that we could go down the psychological rabbit hole but this is we're trying to keep this really basic the foundation of building you know an image and this is something this inventory that people have never done you know no yeah and and, why would you right you know unless someone's telling you like you have to do this you're gonna die and uh, again, 
like going back to the resentments, they say re resentments are our number one offender. Yep. They will kill us, right? Yeah. And the interesting part, and I wrote a little story about this, when I was taking, um, I think it was physiological psychology in, in, in City College, it was kind of boring, but one of the lectures was, he was like, there was, a, there was this research project somewhere, UCLA or Stanford or something, where people that harbor, uh, you know, resentments, anger, you know, uh, grudges, grudges, high stress, you know, hypertension, all this stuff, they compromise their immune system and they're more susceptible mm -hmm. to diseases. Yeah. So I was like, wow, there's the science behind the resentment. That when I hold on and I'm sick to my stomach about how fucking resentful I am, it's 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 compromising my immune system and it's making me more susceptible to all kinds of diseases. Oh yeah, that will kill me. You'll actually get right. sick. It will physically make you sick. And I think in the big book when they were saying, you know, if you hold on to these resentments, they eventually take you back to the drink, and then to drink will kill you. Yeah. But then the science part of it is, if you hold on to these resentments, <laughs> you're going to compromise the chemistry of your body. Yeah, and lower then your immune you system. You might get fucking cancer. You might have a heart attack. You might, yep. you know, whatever it is. So there it is, the three parts of the of the inventory. Yeah. And now we bleed into, you've written it all down. Okay, good. Call your sponsor. I've got it done. You know? Yeah. And I don't like to leave it open-ended. When I'm sponsoring someone, I'm like, look, this week I want you to work on the resentments. Mm -hmm. Next week work on the fears. Next week work on the sexual inventory, the intimacy yeah. um, inventory. And then call me when you're done. If you have any questions during it, let's yeah. you know clarify. We'll still meet once a week. And then we'll sit down and make a pot of coffee or some tea and get to Just it. And that's it. where step five is, that we sat down with someone you trusted. Yes. Now you're taking all of this, you know, and it's weird because in the big book, they give you the outlines of the resentments, the fears, and the sexual conduct. And then they say, we write our life story. Well, it's not really it's your not life quite story. That. Yeah. But it is interesting. I mean, I, oh, I was, I mean, I was going to mention this when we were kind of going through the, the, the three different parts was that um, one of the things that I tell my sponsee um, to look for in the inventory and that I think kind of plays into that, you know, we write our life story is the patterns. Right. And especially, for instance, if in each of the three parts, the resentments, the fear, and the sexual conduct, if you do include that column for what part of self is this affecting, that at least I know for myself, the same areas were kind of, if it wasn't like all across the board, right. it was the same areas, you know, that these are the things that like really get under my skin. These are the kinds of, you know, behaviors in others that just irk me, that'll cause resentment um, and that spark fear in, in me. Yeah, and, and we're looking for patterns of behavior. And those are the story of my life, especially my life as an alcoholic and an addict. And I tell you, I've, you know, in my almost 32 years of sobriety, I've heard hundreds of inventories. Yeah. And we all are about the same. And different people have different patterns of behaviors, but us of alcoholics or human beings <laughs> have these weird fucked up kind of patterns of behaviors that keep us in fear, keep us stuck in these, you know, like chasing our tail. Yeah. And that's the point of this whole fucking exercise 
is to kind of break those patterns. Yeah. And so you sit down in step five, and this is where trust and humility and love and forgiveness and all that shit, you sit down with another human being and read this thing. The reason you do this, the reason that you sit down with someone that's not emotionally attached to your mm -hmm. inventory is this is what I call the helicopter view. Yeah. Is someone can have an objective view of, of something that you're doing. They're not emotionally attached to your inventory. Of course they care and they're compassionate. Yeah, they care about that. you. Right. But the situation the is... The situation. They, they don't have a, you know, what do they say? A dog in this fight, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and so the point being is that my sponsor was able for me to see patterns of behavior, mm -hmm. to sit down and talk to him about this. And then he would say, well, what about... You know, like in my mom's thing, what about, you know, like not considering her? So yeah. it's good to have, you know, be able to have someone that's objective and not attached to this. And again, like I said, I've, I've sat with so many people and listened to their, to their fourth step, which was basically the fifth step, and being able to kind of like, you know, look outside and say, oh, well, Maybe on that on that fourth column, you should write down this yeah. too about being inconsiderate or being selfish or self-centered, you know. And then looking at it, and then just basically going through the whole process mm -hmm. and helping you find ways in the fear inventory of the contrary action that yeah. you could take, you know, or shaping a sane and sound ideal for your future sex life or intimate relationships. Where the point is, it's like you were saying, it's like, I don't want to repeat the same fucking yes. thing over and over and over and get the same results. It's just like the insanity of it. Yeah. If I go into a relationship and I don't, and I'm not completely honest, I, it's not going to be a good relationship. You know? No, exactly. And it's like, you know, I'm, I've, I've something I heard a lot. I feel like when I first came into the rooms a few years ago, um, you know, is, you know, the self can't fix self, self can't see self, that I, you need, I need someone else in order to see myself and my actions, my motivations clearly. Right. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, my experience with doing a, doing a fifth step is that, um, I, yeah, I need that other person who can be like, oh, wait, but have you thought about looking at it this way or like in my resentment inventory, you know, I thought I have thought in certain situations that my part was this was one thing. And then being able to have that other person be like, well, have you thought about, you know, like in a situation with your mom, like, well, what about what makes you think that, you know, that she had any control over that right. situation, you know? And, and you're just like, Oh, well, I, guess I hadn't even I know. considered that Well, and it all comes down to what the spiritual experience is, is a change in perception, the yeah. change I look at things, you know. And Dr. Paul talked about that in, in you know, Dr. Alcoholic Addict, is mm -hmm. that when I started to focus on, you know, my wife's positive things, yeah, then my perception changed of her. If you know, it's a law of attraction. If I just focus on being a victim, and if I just focus on being negative about everything, yeah. I'm going to attract that, and I'm going to be in that victim spiral. 
you know? Yeah, that's all you're But if see. I just look at, look, and I'm in the moment, I'm doing the best that I can, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to be honest, be, you know, compassionate, loving, forgiving, then I, that's what I'm going to attract in my life. And that's why I say now we're vibrating at a higher level. Absolutely. You know? we're, we're coming from our higher self, not our lower self. Yeah. You know? And so I think it's important in step five that we talk about that is getting that objective view. It's like you're saying, you know, the self can't fix self. That was great. That's a great saying is that why someone can see when I explain what happened yeah. They can go, but if you look at it this way, because what 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 is everything? You know, it's like my side of the story, their side of the story, and the truth yeah. of really what happened. So someone that can have that helicopter objective view will be able to go, you know what? Yeah, I see your side, but look at it this way. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, have you ever considered, right? you know? Um, I think, too, that, like, um, something that... I really have always valued about doing a fifth step. And I feel this way both as a sponsor and as a sponsee that um, is just being, it, it really is a moment of showing another person that they're not alone. Right. And I think that part of what makes do like writing out your fourth step so agonizing at times is you do have to rehash this shit that already is eating at you depending on how severe the resentment is. Um, and then you have to go share that with someone else. And I know for me, there were things that in the first, you know, first or, or second, fourth steps I attempted, I didn't even put on the list because right. I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't feel safe enough to share that. It was not my sponsor's fault um, or anything like that. It was just me and it was me. You weren't ready to do I that wasn't yet. ready and I, cause I just felt like, what are they going to say to that? How you know? are they going to judge me? And that's where the yes. trust comes in. And for me, trust was a really hard thing to get yeah. over. I didn't trust anyone from where I came from being institutionalized and being in prison for all those years. The, the code is trust no one. Yeah, you can't you know, trust Every anyone. motherfucker is suspect. Mm -hmm. Everyone. From your celly to the cook. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's suspect. Everyone's out to get over on you. And so, what, you know, it was, it was this emotional, overwhelming feeling that I could trust another man. And it wasn't like I shared, you know, three hours with this guy of my whole fourth step in the fifth step is that he didn't, one, I don't, it's not that he didn't give a shit, but he's like, what's the point of going out and spreading this yeah, all over what town? Would I, what would know? I gain from that? <laughs> and, you know, and people go, well, I don't, you know, there's some things that, you know, crimes that I've committed, whatever. It's like, dude, whatever. There was, yeah. you know, if you, if you feel that afraid, then go hire a therapist that has knowledge of the 12 steps and read it to them because there's the HIPAA law, you know, yeah, where there's confidentiality yeah. and all of that. Oh. But basically, kind of to recap what we talked about, you know, the fourth step is writing it, pen to paper, yep. you know, resentments, fears, sexual conduct, intimacy. Yep. The fifth step is that humility and that trust and that understanding and getting someone else's point of view, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the so, fifth step really is, it's like that that trust exercise, you know, where you have to fall back and someone catches you. Yeah. Um, and you do have to trust that that person will catch you, right. you know? And, and I mean, it's been my experience that they do. And, and again, it's like you're getting all this shit out. 
and it's no yeah. longer eating at you. And and it, it's like, you know, going back to that sexual, you know, trauma, it's like you take the sharp edge of a table and it's not going to go, it's not like magically all of a sudden you're never going to think about this, but you're kind of rounding off it so it's not so yeah. fucking sharp anymore and that you can deal with it and you can look at it differently. Whole spiritual awakening is having this different perspective. How can I help someone else that's done that before? Yeah. You know, so it, it's such a great exercise that, you know, yeah. thank and it's God, not as you know, scary as I think people, you know, sometimes will have others believe. Right. Um, I like I've always said, you know, the what the resentments in particular, because I think that freaks people out more than anything else. Um is that I have no problem writing a list of all the people that piss me off. Yeah. You know? But then seeing what And part, then it's, it's yeah. the part, it's the my part. But, right. you know, I also, I mean, I've had, I've heard from others, too, that they've had who were struggling with that. Their sponsor said, just leave the fourth column blank and we'll do it together. Exactly. And again, it's... Uh, Whatever what gets you there. We have to do the work. Yeah. This is the fucking work that we're talking about, you know? Going to meetings and being all groovy and cool and you know, and sharing, you know, prolifically, is, is that a word? <laughs> yes. And, you know, and and uh, sounding really cool. Yeah, and, and deep. And, yeah, yeah, deep, and you've got that, you know, yeah, that's bitching, but fuck, you got to get down to the work. This is the work, and, and, you know, it's the beginning of a lifelong process. There's no yeah. end game here. There's no goal, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's not a destination. Years, yeah, 32 years. I'm still fucking working every day on this shit, you know. They're not measuring me for my robes and my headdress. Yeah, not yet. anytime soon. <laughs> right. Not anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so steps four and five, there you go, man. There you go. Don't yeah. be afraid. Just do it like Nike says. I know. And I hope this didn't confuse you anymore. But really, <laughs> you know, get any of the books. You can order my book on Amazon or you go to the 12 Steps Without God.com website. You can get it there. Um, and it's really outlined in this book. A lot of people have told me when I, when I wrote this book, I really broke it down in a simple, easy way to do it. Yeah. So Nike said, just fucking do it, get down to it, do the work, and we'll see you next time with steps six and seven. Yes, join us. <laughs> I'd like to thank all the people that are involved in making this happen. Gerald Jones for producing and engineering this podcast. He's absolutely brilliant. Follow him on Instagram at Sonia HTML. His music is amazing. Maya Grace for her hair and makeup. I know what you're saying. This is a podcast. Why do you have hair and makeup? We just want to look awesome for each other. See you next time.